from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 111. everyone. Welcome to The Mystic Show. I am your host, Chris Curran. And it's interesting, today's episode is episode number 111, and today's date is 1-1. That's right, it's January 1st, 2015. I thought that was interesting. I'm happy you're able to join me now on The Mystic Show. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness, and meditation, and of course, all the ways that we can implement these higher values in our lives. And the purpose of this show is for you and I, and each of us, to grow spiritually and benefit by that growth. And also, you know, it's kind of like a byproduct of the purpose is to share these higher values with, with others. Um, And if you practice what we talk about on this show, it'll make a big difference in your life. Uh, New episodes are released every Friday morning, pretty early, and you can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and on our website, themysticshow.net. And I'd also like to thank Pause Your Life for their support. They're kind of like our sponsor slash sister organization, Pause Your Life. Uh, They organize meetups and retreats. You want to escape the craziness of everyday life? Well, you can hit the pause button. That's one option. So pauseyourlife.org, and they're booking their spring retreat right now. It's the first weekend in May of 2015. Pauseyourlife.org. So the plan for this episode of The Mystic Show is to keep reading from our James Allen book. We're going to read a short section, and I have a bunch of good points to make on that. The section is called The Two Masters, Self and Truth. And then I have a little excerpt from our other book, 365 Tao, and I want to read that as well. Um, Yeah, so let's just jump right into it. This is our James Allen book that we're reading from. The book is called From Poverty to Power. It was written or published in 1901. And this section, again, is called The Two Masters, Self and Truth. This is actually, we're reading part two of three um, of this section. Just so you know, I think a couple episodes back, you can hear part one of this section. So we'll just read this and then we'll We'll talk about it. So, so here we go. You may easily know whether you are a child of truth or a worshiper of self if you will silently examine your mind, heart, and conduct. 
Do you harbor thoughts of suspicion, enmity, envy, lust, pride? Or do you strenuously fight against these? If the former, you are chained to self, no matter what religion you may profess. If the latter, you are a candidate for truth, even though outwardly you may profess no religion. Are you passionate, self-willed, ever seeking to gain your own ends, self-indulgent and self-centered? Or are you gentle, mild, unselfish, quit of every form of self-indulgence and ever ready to give up your own? If the former, self is your master. If the latter, truth is the object of your affection. Do you strive for riches? Do you fight with passion for your party? Do you lust for power and leadership? Are you given to ostentation and self-praise? Or have you given up the love of riches? Have you relinquished all strife? Are you content to take the lowest place and to be passed by unnoticed? And have you ceased to talk about yourself and to regard yourself with self-complacent pride? If the former, even though you may imagine you worship God, the God of your heart is self. If the latter, even though you may withhold your lips from worship, you are dwelling with the Most High. The signs by which the truth lover is known are unmistakable. Hear the holy Krishna declare them in Sir Edwin Arnold's beautiful rendering of the Bhagavad Gita. Fearlessness, singleness of soul, the will always to strive for wisdom, open hand and governed appetites, and piety and love of lonely study, humbleness, uprightness, heed to injure naught which lives, Truthfulness, slowness unto wrath, a mind that lightly letteth go what others prize, and equanimity and charity which spieth no man's faults, and tenderness toward all that suffer, a contented heart fluttered by no desires, a bearing mild, modest, and grave, with manhood nobly mixed, with patience, fortitude, and purity. An unrevengeful spirit, never given to rate itself too high. Such be the signs, O Indian prince, of him whose feet are set on that fair path which leads to heavenly birth. When men, lost in the devious ways of error and self, have forgotten the heavenly birth, the state of holiness and truth, they set up artificial standards by which to judge one another and make acceptance of, 
and adherence to their own particular theology, the test of truth. And so men are divided one against another, and there is ceaseless enmity and strife, and unending sorrow and suffering. Reader, or listener, do you seek to realize the birth into truth? There is only one way. Let self die. All those lusts, appetites, desires, opinions, limited conceptions, and prejudices to which you have hitherto so tenaciously clung, let them fall from you. Let them no longer hold you in bondage, and truth will be yours. Cease to look upon your own religion as superior to all others, and strive humbly to learn the supreme lesson of charity. No longer cling to the idea, so productive of strife and sorrow, that the Savior whom you worship is the only Savior, and that the Savior whom your brother worships with equal sincerity and ardor is an imposter. But seek diligently the path of holiness, and then you will realize that every holy man is a savior of mankind. The giving up of self is not merely the renunciation of outward things. It consists of the renunciation of the inward sin, the inward error, not by giving up vain clothing, not by relinquishing riches, not by abstaining from certain foods, not by speaking smooth words, not by merely doing these things is the truth found, but by giving up the spirit of vanity, by relinquishing the desire for riches, by abstaining from the lust of self-indulgence, by giving up all hatred, strife, and condemnation, and self-seeking, and becoming gentle and pure at heart. By doing these things is the truth found. To do the former and not to do the latter is Phariseeism and hypocrisy, whereas the latter includes the former. You may renounce the outward world and isolate yourself in a cave or in the depths of a forest, but you will take all your selfishness with you. And unless you renounce that, great indeed will be your wretchedness and deep your delusion. You may remain just where you are, performing all your duties, and yet renounce the world the inward enemy. To be in the world and yet not of the world is the highest perfection, the most blessed peace, is to achieve the greatest victory. The renunciation of self is the way of truth, therefore.
and we'll just take a quick break here for one minute. Welcome back to The Mystic Show. And uh, by the way, if you'd like to consider supporting The Mystic Show so more people can benefit, there are several ways. Uh, You can share each episode on your social media, like Facebook and Twitter. You can give the show a rating and a review in iTunes or Stitcher. Or you can contribute a dollar or two or three per episode to help us continue to produce the show. Um, You just have to go to our website, themysticshow.net, and on the right side of the website, click the image that says, please consider supporting The Mystic Show. And thanks to all our supporters who, uh, who are currently actively on the path of spiritual growth and of sharing these higher values. You know, that's one thing about the content that we cover in the mystic show it's pretty rare uh i don't think there are any other shows quite like this so you know if you do know anyone who's into spirituality or mindfulness or anyone who meditates of course um feel free to share the mystic show you know a lot of people like to hear these things and also and also you know comment on the website and engage in 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 the conversation so that was uh, quite a reading from, from James Allen. Again, he's talking about self and truth. Self, as he says it, as he uses it, is more the ego self, the lower self. And truth, obviously, being the highest, or divinity, or God, or whatever you want to call that, right? So I like when he asks these questions in the, in the beginning, he asks, you know, do you harbor, um, let me find it real quick. Oh yeah, here it is. He says, do you harbor thoughts of suspicion, enmity, envy, lust, pride, or do you strenuously fight against these? And I think it's a good, uh, point to underscore that he asks us, do you harbor thoughts of, you know, certain negative thoughts? And we don't always think of, you know, you know, if you take if you do a wrong action, if you hurt someone else through your action, or you take a wrong action and hurt yourself, you know, your physical body takes an action. 
then you can see it and you can understand that, that, okay, I did that and that caused this pain, either to myself or someone else. But on the level of thought, most of us don't monitor ourselves very well on the level of thought. Because even the negative thoughts we have play a part in our lives. In fact, that's the biggest part of our lives. And it's the subtlest level. So therefore, that's why true spiritual practices talk about meditation and how important meditation is. Because by meditating, you become more aware of your subtle thoughts. Um, I think there's thoughts going on in our minds all the time. Some are more subtle than others. You know, when you touch the, the hot stove, that's a very loud thought that says, ah, that hurts. You know, take your hand away. But we have other thoughts that are much more subtle. And a normal person who does not meditate and is not very self-aware, they don't even, they're not even aware of these subtle thoughts. But these subtle thoughts are the most powerful tool we have to create spiritual growth and create a better life for ourselves. And that's one of the advantages of a spiritual practice that helps with cleaning because my first trip to India and and certain other trips to India, probably about half of my trips to India, which is about four or five, I... Um, you know, the first three days that I'm there, I have all these thoughts coming out. I just, th- random thoughts come to my mind and, you know, some of them are crazy thoughts. Some of them are disgusting or violent or just negative or it, well, the first time it happened, it took me by surprise, but thank goodness I knew what was happening. It was this cleaning where your thoughts are being cleaned from you. So a lot of these negative thoughts, I didn't even know that I had, but yet they were being cleaned off. And then after two or three days, I felt much better, much lighter. I felt like a different person, actually. I felt like I could think clearly. Um, It was quite an experience. So another part of the James Allen reading, he says, do you, he asks, I should say, do you seek to realize the birth into truth? And first of all, that's a great question because is that what you seek? You know, right now you're listening to the mystic show. So you have some interest in spirituality beyond religion, but do you really seek the birth into truth? (laughs) or some, you know, the highest spiritual goal. And, and James Allen says, there is only one way. Let self die. Right? Let the self die. And he, of course, he's talking about the lower self. And that's, well, again, we have to uh, practice meditation and practice mindfulness and all these things and probably keep a spiritual diary and and then we can start to understand what that means for me or or what what it means to you what does that mean to let self die i think in the reading he he um 
He explains it pretty well, actually. And actually, he goes on to say that the giving up of self is not merely the renunciation of outward things. It consists of the renunciation of the inward sin, the inward error. And this is very common with people who they may claim to be on the spiritual path and they may be trying to act more spiritual or, you know, do better things, um, you know, volunteer at a homeless shelter or any, you know, do some good and or teach spirituality, so-called. Um, but a lot of people, they leave out this inner renunciation. And James Allen says that the inner renunciation is the real thing. You know, he even says it here. Let me, let me find where he says it. Yeah, not by giving up vain clothing, not by relinquishing riches, not by abstaining from certain foods, not by speaking smooth words, not by merely doing these things is the truth found. But the truth is found by giving up the spirit of vanity, by relinquishing the desire for riches, by abstaining from the lust of self-indulgence, by giving up all hatred. So these, these inner changes are spirituality. Because once you make the inner changes, the outer changes will happen basically by themselves. You know, I, I just really like how James Allen stresses these very subtle points because they are so important. I mean, people go through their whole lives thinking that they're practicing spirituality and then they find out later that they weren't going deep enough. You know, if you want pearls, you have to dive deep, right? And the one other great point he makes here is that escaping to a cave or a forest is not the solution. You know, he, he, I love this because he clearly says that you can achieve the goal remaining where you are. Because he says, if you go into the forest or you leave society and go live by yourself, you're going to take all your selfishness with you. And you're going to be sitting there in the forest thinking about everyone you left behind. And again, we, we, we just talked about how important thoughts are, subtle thoughts, and how important it is to change your inner self. So going to the forest and just continually being the same person on the inside, it doesn't do you any good. But he says you could stay where you are. You can stay in society and make the interchanges necessary to embody higher spiritual values. And then, of course, your actions will change and your vibration will change. And, of course, people will notice the difference. I think that's one of the signs of a true spiritual practice is if you, you are practicing for a while and other people notice a change in you. 
you know, as far as noticing a change in ourselves, that's a little difficult because, again, it's who who's the one judging? It's our ego. So our ego, it, it, it's tough to be truthful with the ego. Or I should say, it's hard for the ego to be truthful to us. I don't want to get too confusing, but when other people see a difference in you and say, wow, you've changed or you've become something a little more patient, a little more soft, a little more loving or affectionate, that, uh, that's a good sign that you're on, on the right track there. So it's a great section. The two masters, self and truth, will finish up the next, the last piece of that section um, on the next episode. But I wanted to read um, from our other book, 365 Dow. It's a great little book with one entry for every single day of the year. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, I'm recording this on January 1st, and it'll be published tomorrow morning, which is January 2nd. Um, But I did want to read today's entry. So this is for January 1st. And, you know, like I've mentioned before, there's usually a one or two word title for each day. And then there's a little, almost like a little poem part, very short, like one or two lines. And then there's like a half a page of of a reading. So the word for this day, can you guess it? It's beginning. That's right, it's January 1st. So this is called beginning. This is the moment of embarking. All auspicious signs are in place. In the beginning, all things are hopeful. We prepare ourselves to start anew. Though we may be intent on the magnificent journey ahead, all things are contained in this first moment. Our optimism, our faith, our resolution, our innocence. In order to start, we must make a decision. This decision is a commitment to daily self-cultivation. We must make a strong connection To our inner selves. Outside matters are superfluous. Alone and naked, we negotiate all of life's travails. Therefore, we alone must make something of ourselves, transforming ourselves into the instruments for experiencing the deepest spiritual essence of life. Once we make our decision, all things will come to us. Auspicious signs are not a superstition, but a confirmation. They are a response. It is said that if one chooses to pray to a rock with enough devotion, even that rock will come alive. In the same way, Once we choose to commit ourselves to spiritual practice, even the mountains and valleys will reverberate to the sound of our purpose. 
All right, there you go. From 365 Dow. I like this line. This decision is a commitment to daily self-cultivation. I wonder how many people in the world can say that they are practicing daily self-cultivation. Well, I think you are. Well, today you are because you're listening to this episode. So I appreciate you listening. I hope you heard a couple things that kind of stirred your mind or your heart. Maybe a couple ideas on things you can do to improve yourself. Or maybe just basking in the atmosphere of, of hearing these beautiful words. I really like it. I like this atmosphere. It balances out the, the tougher times in life. The more superficial things, right? That d- seem to dominate our everyday life. So, as you move through the rest of your day, or night, or sleep... Hopefully you can think about these things and maybe write some notes of your own in your journal. But one thing's for sure that I want to stress. And that is to keep shining.